welcome to Thursday night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears.
how you were obsessed with taking pregnancy tests, or how we lost a little version of ourselves. Whenever you look at your wrists, I hope you think of me, and I hope you think of everything that we used to be. Everybody and welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. I am so sorry that we were having those tech issues. It's the exact same thing happened last week, and I'm just going 90 miles an hour and talking. I even checked the lines before I started, and they were working, And but you guys couldn't hear me. As soon as we went live, you guys couldn't hear me. And uh, so I appreciate Noreen shouting out in chat that there was no sound. <laughs> so we're here now. We're here now. We're good. Now I get to have the fun of starting all over and going through everything again. At least I had a practice round, right? want to let you know the number to call in, 646-595-3965, if you'd like to call in and read tonight, and uh, we can get you on the air. have some announcements, announcements to go through. Uh Real quick before we get started, once again, I thank all of you for bearing with me. Yes, I had surgery on my jaw. Yes, I'm talking funny. I'm aware of this. You know, so just it's taking much longer than I expected to get through this. So just bear with me. Appreciate it, you guys. I want to do, I want to uh, share something really quick before we get going. I wanted to let you know about a small business ran by a mother of three who is because of the whole COVID thing and having to homeschool her children is not able to work right now. And so she owns a embroidering business that she runs out of her home. Her name is Rachel Ward, amazing young lady. Also my daughter in law. <laughs> um so she is working from home and homeschooling the kids. And what she does, what she asked me about today, I thought was really cool. She asked me if I had any ideas on making poetry masks because she sews a mask and she can embroider anything on them, right? And I was thinking, you know, how cool would it be if, say, you had a favorite poetry quote or you had a favorite line out of a poem or maybe a line out of your own poem or... Um, something that said, hey, come read my poetry at www.mypoetry.com. <laughs> Whatever you wanted. I just thought the whole concept was pretty awesome. You know, it's a way for us to work, to express ourselves, um, you know, poetically, visibly and tangibly, and something that would be fun and really cool. So I am going to post her link on my Facebook page as soon as I'm off here. All right. And then... If you want to go check it out now, you can go over to Etsy, and the site is called Gypsy Trade Post, Gypsy Trade Post on Etsy, and you can check it out. But she can do anything. She can, I mean, whatever you could think of. I was even thinking about trying. It would be too hard for her to do the Speakeasy logo because it needs all redesigned anyway, but how cool it would be just to kind of have some Speakeasy masks made. Because, you know, we all, we all are very cool. Anyway, so, yeah, Gypsy Trade Post on Etsy. And go check it out. Have your 
have you have her make you some poetry masks. I'm going to talk to her about some ideas here too when we get off the show. But I just thought it was awesome. I thought it was a really cool idea. All right, now let's get on to things. Once again, number to call in six four six five nine five three nine six five. If you would like to call in, if you're interested in putting together a workshop with us, you can do so by probably shooting me a message on Facebook would be the easiest. If you're not on my contact list, you can find me under Nyla, N-Y-L-A dot Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A. And then uh, just kind of let me know what you, have, you want to do. You can pre-record these. It can be anywhere from like 30 minutes to 3 hours, depending on how much time you need. You can pre-record them uh, on your computer and send them to me MP3 format. Or we could do a conference call similar to like I could call you and we could you know, I could interview for you for a second. You can, I can show up and you can do your workshop, and and we can do it that way. We can do a combination of both. We can play a recording first, and then as soon as that was over, we could come on live and take callers and answer questions, whatever you need. Just shoot me a message and let me know what you would like to do. Next, I would like to thank our sponsors for the year 2020. I think it's always important to remember to thank our sponsors those people who stepped up to the plate and happened to very generously help us cover our 2020 broadcasting license. So they are Debbie Kelly, Eric Sheldman, Maddie Golickson, Melvin Douglas Johnson, Rick Clark, Raymond Bentley, Gary and Noreen Snyder, Rachel Ward, who I just told you about, the mother with making the mask, so she is one of our show sponsors, you guys. Think about that. She's not a poet. She doesn't come on here and read. But she loves you guys. She likes listening. In fact, she's here listening in the in the chat room tonight. So, yeah, she's one of our sponsors. So think about that. Anyway, Kevin Kraft, Gina Storm, Renee Cryer, James, A.K., Fuzzy Hermit in the Woods, A.K. One Sapien, Richard Ward, and Colm Kennedy-Hume. I want to thank you guys so much for helping sponsor the show this year. We are going to, first of the year, we're going to be doing another fundraiser for our 2021 license. So if you're interested in sponsoring the Speakeasy, kind of keep that in mind. All right, now, next. (laughs) We are going to go through your homework, and I'm going to try to go through this fairly quickly because I don't want you guys to be sitting out here on hold for 20 hours. I already did this once. (laughs) All right, so grab your pencils, your papers, and... Get everything ready. You're going. I'm going to give you inspiration from the Inkwell journal assignment number one. You're going to have two journal assignments. Both of these I would, I was going to say, I expect to be like you guys are supposed to mind me. I'm not Joe Mama. Um, but yeah, I expect them to be handwritten. You think differently when you write by hand. Your brain works differently, and. Your journal assignments are one-on-one time with your muse, with your brain. Nobody's expected to read these ever. This is not for popular consumption. This is for your own personal benefit. So you can write whatever you want. I want it tangible. I want your hand on the paper. I want that physical connection between your brain and the words you're writing at the end of that pen. So first thing we're going to do is I want you to make this. We're still working on making lists. Now, these are meant to get your brain moving. It's meant to make you think of uh, more obscure obscure or unique ideas, pushing past the typical knee-jerk reaction imagery that we all go to automatically when we hear something. The best part of this is when you let your mind chase an idea like this, one of them is going to jump out and poof, you're going to be off and writing a poem. 
So this week I want you to start on a blank journal page, notebook, spiral notebook, whatever you're writing in. Start on a blank page, and I want you to make a list of things you never want to see. For example, what uh, a hippopotamus with diarrhea. All right, let's skip the examples. We're not going to do that. <laughs> anyway, again, I want you to start on a blank journal page, and I want you to make a, li- a list of things you never want to see. All right, journal assignment number two, a conversation with your pen. And bear in mind, remember when you do this, this is no one's going to see it. It's not meant to be posted on Facebook. This is just one-on-one time. This is, you know, sitting naked with your muse time. I want you to, this one, this journal assignment is called A Conversation with My Pen. All right? So in this, I want you to write this in a conversational format, meaning you can even section it as if you were writing like an interview. Or even a stage play, that's a good example, a stage play where each character's part is written out separately. This has to be written in a conversational format. I want you to pick something you're afraid of. You personally, something you're afraid of. And I want you to let your pen be your therapist. I want you guys to explore and follow the cause and effect trail leading back to the root of your fear. In other words, your pen will ask you, you know, um, what your fear is. You know, how has it affected your life? Examples of things that have happened in your life because of it. You know, how long have you had the fear? What's your first memory of the fear? What was happening around you and so on? What do you think the root of it was? Where do you think it stems from? And be really super, super detailed on everything you remember. You know, this helps you explore a topic's possibilities and show you references that you can use in your writing. Like if you were to write something about being afraid of clowns, you could write about one of the past reference points that you've written relating to the event, making the imagery more powerful, I guess, and more tangible. For example, you could say, um, I fear you like I fear clowns. Or and I did this exercise before the show just really quickly, so this is crap writing, but you'll get the reference, right? because clowns are something I'm terrified of. So doing the assignment, this is some of the imagery I was able to pull out. Okay, so for example, you would be able to say, um, I fear you like I fear clowns. Or you can almost take just that one thing, and by looking at this, doing this, Turn that one line into a complete poem all on its own, or a complete section of poem. So instead of saying, I fear you like I fear clowns, you could say something like, um, whenever you come around, you make me feel like I'm five again, lost on the midway, knee high to a towering world spinning above me, and I am drowning, suffocating in a sea of faceless grease paint smiles, dizzy drunk lights, and the sickening Sticky sweet stench of sweat and beer and cotton candy. Just like this. It's just like this every single time. Okay, so those are just some things I pulled out of my quick run through on this exercise before the show. So you can kind of see how being able to use the words to paint those concrete images into someone's brain, it makes it much more emotional 
you know, creates it creates the emotion in what you're trying to say. It it leads the reader to the picture you're trying to paint for them. You know, doing writing like this will help you pull imagery into your writing that you may not normally think of in the moment that you're sitting down to write the poem. But by being able to pinpoint concrete images and attaching them to things you write about, you'll make your writing's impact on the reader fiercely powerful. And doing exercises like this, by the way, is, that's what's going to train your mind to think this way. You know, It will become a more natural way of writing. You will naturally stop and decipher things out in your brain quickly while you're writing. You're just expanding the way your brain works. You know, you're going to listen to yourself more closely. You're going to learn to trust your own voice more and explore your words deeper. So again, I want you to pick something you're afraid of and let your pen be the therapist. Follow the cause and effects trail of events leading back to the root of that fear. Explore everything. You know, what's your fear? Write this in a conversational format, by the way. Remember what I said at the beginning. You know, but just just go all the way back to the beginning and write everything you can think of. All right. Now, it's time for your writing exercises. Writing exercises are different than your journal assignments because these are meant to push you out of your comfort zone. You're not so comfortable here. You're not all, you know, relaxed and doing the downward doggy pose with your muse, you know, on these. These are meant to make you, you know, stretch your brain, sweat a little, do things you haven't normally done, write about them in ways you haven't written about them, whatever. All right, so exercise number one. We're writing two scenarios. We've been doing this for a little bit. It's kind of really, I think it's really fun. But this is a way to get you to climb out of your brain. With these, I'm steering you away from writing poetry because I want to take the pressure off of you of thinking every single time you sit down to write, you have to write a poem. You don't. You just have to write. And by giving yourself that freedom, you're going to be a better poet because of it. If you just write and don't write a poem every time you sit down, you will be a better poet. All right. This week, the scenario I'm giving you is I want you to write in diary form. All right. So, like you put a, a date at the top of the page and then write write it as if you're writing to your diary. But write in diary form about you or someone going home for the holidays. You know, and maybe maybe it's somebody who you know falls back into childish childish behaviors whenever they're around the family or like maybe the mom still treats them like they're 12 anytime they're around their mom. Um, you can write about all the crazy interactions between interesting relatives or like the obscure traditions a family abides by every year. You know, have fun. And if you're writing about yourself, be brutally honest in your writing. You know, write about the joyful and the somewhat otherwise. Just, you know, just really reach down into that experience and write about it. If you're writing this about a made-up person, I don't want you to hold back on the wild. You know, I would expect that your imaginations be torn right open with the possibilities in this one. So again, write in diary form about you or someone going home for the holidays. Exercise number two, pick apart a prompt. This is to show you that what you do with a prompt before you write to it is more important than what you write to it. By exploring the prompt itself and not trying to write to it at first, it becomes something altogether different. It can become anything. So the the exercise, what you should do, or what I would like you to do in your pick-apart-a-prompt exercise is 
you write the prompt at the top of the page. So I'm going to give you the prompt, Sonic Boom. That's your prompt for this week, Sonic Boom. So I want you to write the prompt at the top of the page, and then I want you to start to make a list of all the thoughts and ideas and directions, all the different things you could write to that prompt. Don't write to it, but write about all the write the ideas for all the different poems you could write to it if you were to write to it. How can it be used as a metaphor? You know, what could it become the face of or the voice of? What are all the different poems you could write to that prompt? Sonic boom. And that is your pick apart prompt. Next. Now that I've pushed you away from writing poems, I'm going to pull you right back in with your poetry prompts. Prompts are like seeds planted. They are meant to grow into poems. And with that said, what you do with them is up to you, but they must be the title of your poem, a line in your poem, or the general concept of your poem. So number your paper one through eight. When the show is over, I will be posting these on my Facebook page but there will be 10 of them. So there will be two more than what I'm giving you right now. If you want the other two, you need to go over and check them out on the page. So number paper one through eight. Number one, surrounded by the moons. Surrounded by the moons. Number two, cardboard orphan. Cardboard orphan. Number three, words to repeat. Words to repeat. Number four, a God named sin. A God named sin. Number five, coloring outside the truth. Coloring outside the truth. Number six, Raven's Waltz. Raven's Waltz. Number seven, the architect. The architect. Number eight, our hill of stars. Our hill of stars. And you can write one poem to all eight of the prompts, so you end up with eight poems. You can mix and match them, do one, three, five in line eight, and put them in one poem if you want. If you get real froggy, you can write a poem using all eight lines in the same poem. I had fun a couple of weeks ago. I took the 10 lines from the prompts I put the list I put on my page and all I did was rearrange the prompts and turned it into a poem. I didn't add any words or take any away. I used the exact list of prompts that I gave and, and turned that into a poem. It wasn't a great poem, but it was fun to do. You have to give yourself to just give yourself permission to write like crap sometimes. You just write for the fun of writing. You know. That's important. I think that's one of the most important things you can give yourself as a writer. It's a freedom just to explore your own voice. And as you go through these prompts, remember to use your pick-apart-a-prompt mentality before writing to any of them, before you approach writing to them. All right, once again, number one, surrounded by the moons. Number two, cardboard orphan. Number three, words to repeat. Number four, a god named sin. Number five, coloring outside the truth. Number seven, uh, number six, that was five. Number six, Raven's Waltz. Number seven, The Architect. Number eight, Our Hill of Stars. Remember our ongoing poetry projects that we're doing once a week. Go out and do something that's going to surprise yourself, something you've not normally done. You know, something you do, go to lunch at a different place, walk home a different way, uh, 
stay on the bus three blocks longer, you know, take a walk really late at night, like 3 o'clock in the morning. Well, that's in the morning, but, you know, it's still night. You know what I'm saying. Just do something you normally wouldn't do. You can't write about life if you don't live life. And if you don't constantly feed yourself new experiences, you know, no matter how little, then you're going to become stagnant, and that's not good. You have to live life to write about life. Number two, remember, write a haiku every single day. As you go through your day, carry a little notebook with you. As you go through your day, find something worth 17 syllables and jot it down. You know, I don't care if when you write it down because you're running from point A to point B that it's only 15 syllables. You can go back and add the other two later. All right? But go out every single day and look for something worth 17 syllables. So, guys, remember, you're not just a poet. Have fun exploring and writing outside your label, and you will become a better poet because of it. All right, that is it on those. All right, I'm going to play a recording real quick. We always start and end every episode with an audio recording. And if you would like to have your track played on the air, you can email those to me at the, the word that is in the email title, thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com. Put MP3, something like that, in the subject line, and I will get it uploaded to the show's library, and we will play it to the world. The track that I picked to play tonight, let me get back over to that. I don't remember which one I played before. We'll do this one. I'm going to play one. This actually isn't the one I did last time, but I really want to play this one. I'm going to play this one by Philip Kent Church. Very, very, very beloved man to all of us. And I really want to share some of his work with you. Keep him here with us. So this one is called The Old Mountain Home. And this is Philip Kent Church. Here we go. The Old Mountain Home. An Appalachian poem written and recited by Philip Kent Church. The old mountain home, encroaching forest reclaimed, it's falling down all alone, there's nobody to be blamed. Once it was warmed with a hearth in the fire, where children swarmed with youth's desire by a mama's love and all the ties that bind, while high above loomed the ridges spine. Over there in the yard is where the garden was tended. Yes, the chores were hard. It was a home daily mended. Behind the house are two posts where a line was strung. It looked like a troop of ghosts when the sheets were hung. On the old fence of split rail there was a gate that latched. It opened the way to the well where the water was fetched. Out yonder in the field, full with purple clover, is where the kids squealed at playing Red Rover. The old spring house there is where food was stored for vittles cooked with care and thanks to the Lord. 
the old porch now laid low, once echoed the ringing of the fiddle and banjo with Papaw's sweet singing. In these mountains wild, memories of life's simple thrills are the remembrances of a child raised up in these hills. That was Philip Kent Church, and uh, I'm really glad to have a whole bunch of his stuff, by the way, that I'm going to be able to share. It's hard. It took me a bit. It took me a while to be able to um, to even talk about this or play any of his tracks or anything like that. And uh, Many of you know that we lost him recently and somebody I was very close to. So it's taken me a bit to be able to do this. And it was nice. It was nice tonight to hear that and to share that with you. And because um, we all loved him so very much. He's a very, very important person in our community. So there we go with that. Now, what comes next? If you are interested in calling in, you can dial 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. If you'd like to call in tonight If you are on hold This is what you can expect We do take callers in the order that you call in And we are having issues with the lines By the way uh, When we had the show started And we had the technical issues It dropped 90% of the calls And so if you're having a hard time Getting back into the show right now Please keep trying If you're getting that fast busy signal Just yeah, just keep <laughs> keep trying and you'll be able to get through. I'm sure the techs are working on this for us as we speak. So, But remember, um, we do take callers in the order that you call in, such as 731 is our first caller tonight. So listen for your telephone area code. When I do bring you on, make sure that you introduce yourself. It's really important that people know who's reading you know, what happens behind the scene is when you guys start reading and you're just going, man, and you're in a zone, and everybody gets so excited. I get pinged 20 times asking me, who is this, who is this, who is this, and it makes it really hard to be able to concentrate on you. Okay, so that's one really important to make sure that you introduce yourself because people want to know who's reading, and you want them to know who's reading. The other thing is is that by doing this, by reading, you are literally – publishing your poem out into the world on the airwaves and you want to have your name attached to your work. Never send your work out into the world in any way without your name attached to it. Nobody wants to be anonymous. All right, the next thing. We, obviously, because I lost all the lines, you can read two poems tonight. If that changes at any time and we get all of our lines back and you're able to, and it gets too busy, the lines get too full. I'm going to have to cut you back to one, but if that happens, when we start getting close to that point, I'm going to, I will let you guys know, but right now you're good at reading too. When you're done reading, make sure that you give out your URL. It's real important that people know how to come find you, how to show you some love. And you start building that, that whole uh, social network of people who appreciate your writing, people that are inspired by you or people you're inspired by. All right. 
And then remember that we have a mature rating. That means you're bound and you normally do often hear just about anything on this show, with the exception of hardcore erotica. No adult porn poems, no bumping body parts, no tab A into slot B. Other than that, you guys are good to go. I'm going to go ahead and give our first three callers. We have 731, followed by 848, and then 575 will be our first callers tonight. If you would like to um, call in again, the number, if you're trying to get back in, it is 646-595-3965. You know, it's funny, just so you know, that's the only way I was able to get on tonight, too. So I am hosting the show via my live line, my live feed, but you can't hear me on there. So I muted my live feed, and I'm called in on the guest line as well. That's the only way I was able to get on so you guys could hear me tonight. So I just called in, got on my switchboard, and unmuted myself. That's technology that's finest. <laughs> that's troubleshooting 101. All right. So, yeah, six four six five nine five three nine six five. If you're trying to get on, just keep trying, please. Let's go ahead and bring our first caller on. 731, you are on the air. Hello, Nyla. This is Michael Todd calling from West Tennessee. Hi, Michael. Will you do me a favor, my love? You bet. Will you please confirm to everybody that you're normally in one of the first callers, and every week I jump on and ask you if you can hear me, right? Absolutely, yes. I do my mic yes, test you, with you. And you right said, before the you show... You me today a few seconds before the show started. You asked, can you hear me? And I said, clear as a bell. Yep, yep. So right up until the point that the show went live, my my board was working. As soon as it went live, for some reason, everything went dead, and you guys could not hear me. But I had no way of knowing that, so I'm just yammering away. <laughs> I just assumed that you had pranked me. <laughs> Damn it, Michael's just always right there. I'm just going to mute him. Let me make him sit there and stew for a while. <laughs> hey, do you remember the three-hour show where I was on hold for the whole show and never got on? At the end of the show, you said, how long have you been here? And I said, just 30 minutes before it started. Why didn't you say You know, you, know you, are not the, you are not the only one that that has happened to. There's times yeah, people will call in, but their number never shows. It never shows on my board, and they're sitting there the whole show, and I don't know it. But, you know, this is technology. It is what it is. It messes up sometimes. And, you know, after being on the air for 14 years, we've all seen just about all the technical stuff that could possibly happen here, right? But we're still here. We get through it. That's right. I, I was enjoying the show. I didn't, I didn't want to hang up. I didn't want to find It's all good. Uh, uh, since you brought up Philip Church, you know, I was thinking about Philip Church like I generally do every time I call in. Now, I wrote a sonnet for Philip Church uh, many months ago, and it's been kind of sitting on it, so... You know, I kind of would like to release that some point in time. <clears throat> do you the want to do it on the show, or do you want to? I, I want to do it on the show. I'm going to post it on Facebook, too. Okay. If you want to read it on one of these shows, you can do that. That's All up right. to you. I will. And if you have a, the other thing you're talking about, I'll come do it again. But I don't want okay. to do it tonight. Okay. I've got it right. It's on top of my briefcase, right behind me. I can show it to you. I keep it with me everywhere I go. Hmm. 
honestly. I'm dedicated. Tonight, though, guess what? What are you doing tonight? I don't have a single poem at my disposal right now. I'm going to tell you a Christmas story. Okay. It's Christmas time. And this may be the first Christmas story I wrote ever. Because this was in 2006. December 13, 2006. When did Speakeasy start? Uh, it was right about that time. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so there, the uh, the first writing partner that I ever had. Bear in mind, I didn't. Write, I'm 64 now. I never wrote anything until I was 50. The first writing partner I had was Aaliyah, Aaliyah Kawafa. She was in a a writing group in on uh, MySpace called Loaded for Blog LFB. And we became friends, and we would share some ideas with each other. I was never part of LFB. Uh, it's a pretty exclusive outfit. Great people, awesome writers. I'm still in touch with several of them to this day. Um, but one day out of clear blue sky, Aliyah said, write me something with the word kiosk. Oh, my God. She threw down the gauntlet. Mm. <laughs> I mean, really, you you throw that word out at something. You're welcome to it. You throw that word out sometimes just in your whatever. You throw down a kiosk, and the place will go nuts, okay? Because everybody's got a kiosk story, especially during Christmas. <laughs> so. This is called Christmas Shopping at the Mall. Back in Memphis in 1978, Christmas shopping was more relaxed than it is now. Sure, the day after Thanksgiving was just as adventurous as now, as was the day before Christmas. The rest, however, offered more diversity. Doors were also standalones just across town. And for every one of them, there were two more major department stores. We also had shopping centers, which were basically magnum strip malls without cell phone outlets, pizzerias, or ATV stores. The malls were for teenagers to hang out at. We went there to buy records and tapes. The toy stores were there as well. The relevance to Christmas shoppers was as much novelty as necessity. While it was not uncommon for a mall to have several vacant outlets during the spring and summer months, the Christmas season always found them fully occupied. 1978 was the year that some marketing genius came up with the idea of installing kiosks in the aisles. Actually, one form of kiosk was the post at the main entrance of the mall with the mall directory. Once you found the obligatory, you are here spot was denoted the location on the post you stood before, you could look for the stores that were not to be omitted from the bad shopping. If you were fairly familiar with the outlay, you could quickly commit it to memory. Otherwise, you could get busy from walking in circles around it. Usually, this ritual is performed while waiting for the feature film presentation you were waiting to see before stopping. Yes, 
these malls housed movie theaters. On this particular night, Trudy and I bypassed the movies. We were really intent on finding ultimate stocking stuffers. With less than a week to go before Christmas and my bonus check already cashed, we were on a mission. We finally got it down to one unique gift left to buy. It was for my dad, who is, was, and always will be the hardest person to buy for. We all have one person that's hard to read. Not that he did not appreciate your time and efforts, but he had so ways of letting know your idea of brilliance was tantamount to irrational behavior. If you know what it is to have an adult look over your imaginary glasses and shake his head slowly from side to side, then you understand the insurmountable obstacle Dad was to impress with that special something or another. I finally settled up a pair of blue jeans. I have to admit, although those were really nice jeans, the lost opportunity to get unique greatness was once again passing me by. With head down, feet dragging, I headed to the outdoor. As we walked down the last aisle of the evening, we had to cross the aisle as we were shopping in the wrong lane. Trudy grabbed me by the sleeve and whispered something. We stopped and I asked her what she said, and she said, There it is. She pointed to the kiosk just before us in the aisle. This was the type of kiosk that was basically a booth. They usually have Tupperware wannabes, picture frames, calendars, or other basic whatnots. However, this one was different. The only thing that was sold in this kiosk was cans. They had all sizes of cans imaginable on display. Trudy said this was the unique gift to get for Dad. She was sure it would meet his approval. I said, what are we going to do? And her reply was, Put the pants in a can. This was not only a tremendous idea, this would be legendary. She put the bag on the counter and instructed the guy behind the counter to can this. Well, he held up those pants and spread them out and rolled them up and reached for the biggest can available. It looked like one of those commodity cans you see at restaurants with tomatoes or some other vegetable, but today it was cotton. It took both of them to force the product into the cylinder, but finally the pants were far enough in to allow the lid to be put in place and sealed. Success. Later that very same week, Christmas Eve at the old home place, back in the suburbs, wrapping paper in boxes and bows were piled in the middle of the floor, and the last present to be opened after everyone agreed that, indeed, the ultimate unique gift was a cake of pants. I handed it to Dad. He looked at it, looked back at me, and asked if I was hungry. I said, no, just open it. His response was, why? Just open it. He shrugged his shoulders and said, okay, and headed into the kitchen. He sat the can of pants down on the counter and centered the electric can over over the can of pants and engaged metal to metal. Have you ever noticed that when you open a can of anything, that the can immediately releases compressed air, which in turn causes whatever's in the can to become agitated. Well, pants are no different. When the entire 360 degrees was complete and the clamp was released, the pants released like a jack-in-the-box, and they attacked my father. The pants fired past his head and bounced off the ceiling, rested on top of the kitchen cabinet, still in the solid form of a cylinder from which it came. 
We all stared in stunned silence for a few seconds until one leg of the pants gave up the ghost and fell down in front of an open cabinet. My little brother hastily slammed the cabinet door on the defenseless pants leg and shouted triumphantly, Die it! Well, as my life passed before me, I was there in the kitchen. Everyone looked at him and looked at me, and I winced at the terrible fate that I was sure awaited me. Dad looked at our electric can opener on the counter in pieces and looked over his imaginary glasses and smiled. End story. That was the best thing ever. First of all, I don't ever go to malls. Second of all, I'm going to go to a mall and look for a can booth because that's a freaking amazing idea. And third... The whole way through that story, I was laughing. I could picture it. You are such a master at that. I mean, you, you, I, I was, I was as much there as if I was standing beside you and holding your hand and watching it play. You know, that's what I'm talking about. When you sit down to write, every time you write, you don't have to write a poem. You can write about a story, and that's actually a piece of prose. I would consider that prose. It was amazing. I loved it. Well, if you're happy, I'm I happy. Can see, I can see the smile on Daddy. <laughs> you know, and 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 I'm just picturing, thinking, looking at in the smile. I'm picturing him. The expression being, that didn't quite turn out the way you guys planned, did it? Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> or backfired on you, huh? Sort of, kind of, yes. Ah, I got a story out of it. An amazing one. That's all that matters. Well, all right. Do, do Thanks, How many siblings do you have, Michael? I've got the one little brother. He's three years younger than me. Mm-hmm. I've written about him several times over the years, but I never call him by name. Have you Just ever thought about writing a book for your family as a gift for your family? That's your project for this next year. Next year, I want you to give your family a book of memories, a book of poems about them, about your life, about things that have happened, because I know you've got a lot of them. I don't know. I wrote 36 different installments of the Mike and Donna stories from Memphis. Mm-hmm. And several other things, too. The problem with that, what you're talking about there, mm-hmm. is none of, no one in my family reads anything I write. They can't stand it. They're like, for years it was like, oh, not again, not another one. You I know. My family is that way, too. But they won't be that way when they know it's about them. It's completely different when it's about them. Well, time to give it to everybody. The stuff that I wrote about growing up would be after I'm gone because they can't sue me after I'm dead. <laughs> That's kind of like Sarah Teasdale. She refused to have any of her poems published until 10 years after her death because then everyone she wrote about would probably be dead too. Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I'm embarrassed. And it may have been more than 10 years. I don't remember exactly, but it was something like that. But, yeah, she did. Hmm. 
Well, she had she knew what she was doing. <laughs> Let's hope we do, huh? Well, you know, in some ways she knew what she was doing. Otherwise, she she didn't do a very good job of managing things at all. But I'm a fan, though. I'm a, I am very I'm a much fan. a fan of her writing. Are you really? Mm-hmm. She she was um, an interesting character for that era. I mean, she was very politically. She had, you know, very outspoken politically for a woman of that era. She. Uh, was married but in love with another man, which you can tell by a lot of her poetry, like deeply in love with another man who just walked away and left her and it just scarred her for life. You can if anyone knows her poetry you you can see it see it in her poetry. And especially in a lot of stuff that got published after her death. But yeah, fascinating poet Sarah T still check her out you guys. I wrote a song for her. I wrote a sonnet for Sarah T still. I did not know that. Are you going to read two poems tonight? Do you have that song handy? If you want me to read that, I can. I would love for you to read that. You won't like it. I, you know, I don't have to agree with everything you write to like it. Okay. All right. Here, here, here from 2013 is the year that I did this. This is called Not That I Care. Sonnet for Sarah. Failed relationships often intrigue me, none more so than Sarah Trevor Teasdale. Lack of success, not all it seems to be. Slight is always dependent on the scale. It seems she had it all with the Lindsay courtesan and a bad boy he enthralled. At each turn, both went a separate way. Mutual sabotage results, they stalled. Delving deeper, it is her side I choose. She clung to peace as opposed to his war. Don't pick a fight you're destined to lose. Don't choose a lunatic as a mentor. Just my personal thoughts from here to there. Random observations. Not that I care. Important. Why would I not like that? I don't know. Cynical. Life isn't always pretty. People's lives aren't always pretty. In fact, I think it's because her life isn't pretty that she was able to produce such amazing poems and why I relate to her. You know, there's there's a part of her. She's one of the poets that that I get, or that gets me, or speaks the same language. I mean, I really understand her writing. And we all have poets like that that we really connect with. She's one of them. Yeah. I I I do like it. I in fact I loved it. Well, cool. <laughs> All right. All right. I gotta go. Turn into my to... Do you read Billy Collins much, Michael? I don't know who it is. I don't know who it is. You don't? I don't know who you're talking about. I've played um him on the show before. I'll bring let me write this down. If I don't write it down I'll forget you know me. You've known me long enough to know me. 
Billy mm-hmm. Collins. Billy Collins. For Michael. You know, you know the thing that depletes my memory is when I go to the hospital and they put me under, and I don't remember about a third of what I knew before I did it, and I just got, I just got sunk under in the hospital about three weeks ago, so I'm still trying to grasp for some things. Although I'll find Saratisto in record time. So the way I relate to Saratisto, I think you would relate to the poet Billy Collins, and he's one of our contemporaries. He's a, a, you know one of our one of our he's been like poet laureate everything a million times he's just incredible but the way I re, I, I relate to Sarah Teasdale I think you would relate really well to Billy Collins's writing I think you'd be very inspired by him and I think he would be inspired by you there's a poem that he writes called Taking Off Emily Dickinson's Clothes that I think you would find hilarious it has that cerebral taunting to it you know all of his writing does but it's so accessible it's it's not I, I'll, I'll send you some I'll, I'll send you some you can you can check it out and then the next time we talk maybe you can let me know what you thought or you can give me a call and let me know okay okay that's great cool. all right michael tell everyone how to find you my love um you can find me at where am i MikeTodd.blogspot.com. Mike is M-Y-K-E-T-O-D-D. Awesome. All right, mm-hmm. Michael, if you want to stay on hold and listen, if we, I will play a piece by Billy Collins here uh, after a couple calls, if you can listen while you're working, okay? I've got you up on the computer. Awesome. All right, so, yeah, I, I, because we're having issues with the line, I'm probably going to have to play some audio tracks. And then if you decide when you – when you, I put you on mute, press 1, and it will take you out of the lineup. If you get another break and you want to read another poem, just press 1, and it will put you back in, and I'll know to bring you back on if you want to read another one later. I'm fixing to go back to work. I got it. I'm, I, my lunch <laughs> just got really long hanging out with you. Uh-oh. All right, go back to work. <laughs> we'll talk to you a little bit, baby. Mm-hmm. Bye. Oops. Yeah, he's been he's he's been on he was the first caller. He's been on hold since the beginning of the show. I his lunch is an hour. He's really in trouble now. <laughs> All right, our next caller comes from area code eight four eight. I believe that's Gregory, maybe. Hey, can you hear me, or do I turn the speaker off? I can hear you, honey. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah, I called in earlier, dead air, and didn't want to give up. And Billy Collins, he's a pisser. You know, oh, I love, back and forth. I love him so much. Yeah, we're going back and forth. Yeah, like, dude, I said, like, and they go freaking make mayonnaise or something. So marketing <laughs> and all this, like yelling at us. And, you know, the other laureates were there, and they go, hey, this is a substantial number in my resume. Like, why you're so above everything? Go make a mayonnaise freaking line. Get in and go up against with Paul Newman. Go make Billy Collins mayonnaise. And shit, <laughs> it's kind of white. You know, take your Larry in that, you know what I mean? Like, yippee doodle do, but he, he's cool. No, he wasn't. He was fairly arrogant and considered us um, like 
uh, misanthropic kind of beat, beat Nikki kind of things, you know, like mm-hmm. like loser deadheads. And we're like, yeah, we're loser deadheads. They're all right. We're like, fuck you. Go make some fucking, go start a food line, mayonnaise. You know, one of the things people. that I love about Billy Collins, one of the things I do love about Billy Collins is there are so many elitist poets out there. And he has accomplished some amazing things with his career. But a lot of what he does in his writing that I enjoy is he makes funny. I mean, he's he's a very human writer. He oh, is yeah. not he's, he's not okay, pretentious um, or anything like that. He writes from a real human place, and I really love that. I love that about his writing. You know how he can. You know he's got one where he talks. He's making fun of people trying to uh, decipher a poem. You know, don't unweave a rainbow type thing. You know how they they'll pick apart a poem just to find its meaning. You know, just enjoy the poem. I I I love I love some of his the things that he writes about. You know, especially because of you know he him being you know accomplishing some of the things he's accomplished. It's pretty cool. So what's going very on in your world, cool. Gregory? Um, he's very cool. Oh, he, he it's real. You know, Rob McEwen. I always thought he's kind of Rod McEwen like little like. If Rod McEwen made satire, <laughs> but would we know? You know, anyhow, that's just my because he's cool. Everybody was coming up giving him larinets and kissing and all that. We weren't arrogant or anyhow. Okay, here's some ugly nonsense. This comes out of today. I didn't know right whatever this week. It's basically vocabulary work this week, and so I wanted to call in. Anyhow, this is a. Uh, and you know who cares? Hey, sorry. You prisoner of your vision, maybe delusion, delusionment, attempting to perfect eternity. This death will not be your fault, guaranteed your suicide muse. There's a limitless ex- expectation for you to conquer the sacred art of selfishness. Yeah, your broken embodiment and spent blood. You're $2 short for a full-packaged funeral. And here's another one. Beginningness is giving into forgiveness, and forgiveness, mercy is speaking. Beginningness is giving into forgiveness. Mercy is speaking. Ringlets of harmony, a melody resounds. Remove obstacles, both seen and unseen, and yet to be revealed. And the standards of necessity should leave no one hungry. A citizenry, a community, societies. Oh, the overtax the accomplishment for tomorrow's collective future years. There's plenty of nothing, and society will struggle to compromise the necessities. In our time, we humanize the good trouble, a prerequisite for all involved, a need. To survive self-truths, not to question the like-minded. There's plenty of time for wisdom, inspired hope, and self-taught experiences. I didn't write anything this week. I was busy doing vocabulary, <laughs> getting yelled at, listening to classical music, going with the vibe. Anyhow, shows the best. I have to call. Yes. Oh, let me ask, let me ask you a question, Gregory. Okay. What are as a writer? Because we were talking about this with our stuff at the beginning of the show. As a writer, what is one of the things that you do 
to make yourself a better writer? What are the things? What is one of the things that you do, or that inspires you? Or what is one of the the habits you have as a writer? What do you help? What do you do to help hone your writing to become a better writer? Well, that's no mystery. That's reading, and or in a fun way, take something and then apply it to writing. Um, format, structure. And okay, or basically, if you haven't read Leaves of Grass, you're like, you have to leave. You, you, no. You have to read Leaves of Grass. If you haven't read Leaves of Grass, your band sucks. That's why you can't write a song. And <laughs> you, you like, you're stupid. It's like, you don't have to all that, you know, whatever, Bob Dylan, James Addiction, you know, all of, have Grateful Dead, all that nonsense. You know, bogus. If you haven't read Leaves of Grass, you're not a writer. You're not a poet. You're not a songwriter. Start with that. What do I do? I like it. Uh, well, if you don't read, you can't do anything. So when you're burnt, or what, what's that, you know, writer's block, you start getting into all that attitude, you know, and, and baby art fits, like, wah, all that, you know, dramatic with drama. So once you start getting into, you know, artistic drama, you know, study theater, read things that are different. In, inspiration, you know, that silence, that's, you know, every inspiration's a tough run because you can think you, like you deserve inspiration. You have to look for inspiration. If you're looking for inspiration, you can't really find inspiration because you're not seeing the simplicity and complexity of, of the earth or any of that. So what Blake like um, modern stuff, apply melody harmony. What's oh six, seven, eight, not the rose, the other one. Anyhow, things like that. I forget you now off the top of my head. Some relatively stupid half the time. And to not like things is we have a problem with. So most people have Duran Duran sucks. Well, you know, that's stupid. Uh, yeah, Taylor Swift, you know, I like Duran Duran. Pardon me? I like Duran Duran. Yeah, like liking Duran <laughs> Duran's a good thing. Like Taylor okay, Swift, good. yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. I love talking. Plus, yeah, what happened? All the phone lines were out. We drop out? No, they're, they're, the lines are just, it's. I've got a couple callers on hold now, but the lines, oh, I've only here? got the basic lines coming into the show. The rest of the lines yes, are all sir. down. So. Up down, yeah. technology's nightmare. You know, we're just over talking. That's all. Try to like things, read, and don't confuse. Anyhow, read Leaves of Grass. That's this week's hook. Oh. I'm Gregory. I'm an out-of-work theater promoter because there's no freaking 2021 season. I'm, I'm shocked. I'm out eight I'm a theater weeks. costume, theater and event costume designer and a photographer. My, my this year has been nothing for me. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. That's why we're goofing on all this stuff. It's hard. So, yeah, we're fucked. And my, yeah, my income for this year totally just, I mean, there's no plays being put on. There's no events going on. My income just was non-existent this year. Has been, this has been a really ugly year for that. <laughs> Ain't it great? Ugly. 
Ugly. <laughs> Look at it. Yeah, don't wear a mask, you freaking freak. Uh, anyhow, thanks for letting me emote. I'm done? <laughs> You're done, babe. Done? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Great for your show. Anyhow, we'll like, talk to you we, soon, Gregory. Yeah, I don't know what a URL is, but we um we bounced your show around the Twitter today. Like well, that's all awesome. the local um yeah, all the local poets and stuff bounced your, your show around today. That's I, awesome. I, pretty nice, right? Awesome, yeah. right? Because you're yeah. freaking awesome. And then we're gonna do oh, remember you call in but you can't do fuck poems. <laughs> no oh, bumping body mean? parts, no tab A and a slot B. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you can't read fuck poems? What kind of crappy show is this? <laughs> all right, you have to send me the link. I need to see I need to see this, all right? That's horrible. Okay, love you. Love you too, hon. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week, sweetheart. Pisser. <laughs> Bye, honey. <laughs> Oh, I love Gregory. All right. I see area code 407 on the board, but they are not in the lineup. So 407, if you decide you want to read, go ahead and press 1. If you're here just listening to the show, I appreciate you being here. If you change your mind at any time, go ahead and press 1, and I'll know to bring you on. Let's go ahead and grab area code 575. 575, you're on the air. Hello, Nyla. This is Levi Miracle from uh, Tucumcari, New Mexico. Hey, Levi, it's been a while. How are you, hon? It's been forever. I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> it's all right. You know, it's, I always say this show is kind of like, you know, you all have to go out and live a life, and you have things that, you know, you have to do, and there's adulting to be done, And but this is like home. You always come back, all of you. Well, you always come oh, back yes, eventually. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and it's been a wild year, you know, for everybody, I'm sure, but it's yeah. just... Been one it's of those really years. good to hear from you. Yeah. So what's I'm been going on with back. you? What have you been doing creatively, and what did you bring us tonight? Well, um, actually, this is my – I uh, in June of this year, I published my first book of poetry. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. And uh, I'll be reading a poem from uh, it in a while. Um, but, yeah, that was really cool, and – um, I hope people. I'll I'll shout it out at the end, but yeah. Okay. But yeah, um, and you know I uh, I'm a songwriter, so I got a song into a contest, and then um, it won a placement, and I won a free demo of my lyric, which was really cool. So hopefully that song now is in contest as a completed song. So hopefully you guys will be able to hear it somewhere down the line, you know, if it ever makes it anywhere. So that's pretty cool. That I'm that is incredible. That's huge. Yeah, um it's my first, so yeah. I think it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, what are you going to do for us tonight, honey? Well, tonight I'm going to read two poems. Uh, one is, you know, a couple years old, and the other one's a little newer than that. But the first one I'm going to read was called A Love Story. 
be calm. Don't panic. Well, remember the Copenhagen stain on your skorts I left? The coat of faux fox fur freedom I bought you, and you became a queen's ego for a Wednesday? Remember the comatose sidewalk you remembered tripping on, falling for? As if embracing your downside, as if forgetting your loyalty to me? Stay calm, don't panic, you said. As if love were a replacement for a plaything. As if acorn squash with brown sugar and a glass of red chateau wasn't your favorite meal. As if our first kiss meant as much to you as the passing of leaves, a portrait of a stranger, the cabbie forgetting his fare. Keep calm, don't panic, you said, because love is a camel toe, an intriguing pocket of desire. Look, but don't touch, you said. Smell, don't taste, you said. But a plump apple will always look delectable. I remember the fog that day, as thick as the water, as coarse as latex paint, as smooth to breathe as your hair after you've been jogging. But there was no fog in the air, only the blink pink of midnight sonnets the spice of decompressing poetry, melancholy time. If the Bible were our sex book, God would forgive me of his sins and my reproductive democracy. Spit on me and I'll bleed. Kill me and I'll forget your laughter. Fuck me one more time and I'll never speak of this again. Be calm. Don't panic, you said. Be calm. Don't panic. Remember that the fog is forever in my favor, and our love story is forever a fairy tale never read. Be calm. Don't panic, I say. In peace. Wow. Very real writing. Thank you. Yeah, that, that, that I wrote probably, I don't know, three years ago maybe. And uh, it's gotten published several places. I had, you know, most um, journals and stuff, they don't like reprinted stuff. So you have to find journals that can, that will take simultaneous, I mean, uh, reprints, you know. Mm-hmm. So that, this one's been reprinted a couple times. But, yeah, I, it's one of my favorites that I've written. So I really loved it. Thank you. And the next one I'm going to read is um, it's from my new book, The Autobiography of a Broken Kid, Selected Poems and Flash Fiction by Levi J. Miracle. And it can be found on Amazon, um, Barnes & Noble, uh, the actual uh, website that it's published from, which is cybernet, I mean, cyberwit.net. So uh, here, here's this poem right here. It's called, Do You See Me? Do you see me? Do you see this skin? I am Hitler. I am the Ku Klux Klan. I am neo-Nazi. I am fascism in its richest form. I am a gringo, a cracker. 
I'm albino born, I am white. Privilege wrapped in a beautiful Caucasian package that should be adorned, but I am ashamed. I can hear the ancient screams in my head, the whiplashes, the dead crying out to be alive again. I feel their striped backs and the slats in the cage, the unwritten pages of every black life that should be in our history books, but they aren't. I feel it. The eyes glaring, pleading to me their master for a cup of water, for a crust of bread. I hear the pleas of a people that were silenced for so long, and to what end? To what end? I smell the fumes from the chambers that held the men, women, and children because of a star they wore on their sleeves, because they were a breed of vulgarity in the eyes of a man who felt his superiority should reign. I can feel their agony, the bubbling in their lungs, the numbing sensation of death entering their bodies until they are a naked pile of flesh on the floor. And right now, I want no more to be white than the people that carried a color the white man spat upon. From dusk till dawn for centuries, I've been white. I'm the white group that burned crosses on the black lawns of America. I'm the white racist shouting Dixie behind the rebel flag at the Battle of Gettysburg. I am the neo-Nazi driving a car through a crowd in Charlottesville. I am the white hands of a cop wannabe pointing a gun at Trayvon Martin and pulling the trigger. I am a dictator that spreads genocide over a whole race of people. I am the bitter taste of history that will never be erased. I am a waste of human color. However, I am ashamed not of the color of my skin, but what it has represented for centuries. I am not ashamed of the color of my skin, but of the heritage attached. Because when I close my eyes, I see millions of dead bodies. Beautiful people, every single one of them. Every one of them deserved more than this white man standing on their memory saying, I'm sorry. It isn't much to offer, but the words are dedicated to every person that felt inferior because of a white man told them their skin color wasn't good enough. And right now, in my head, no one could feel lower than I do. Because I am a gringo, a cracker. I'm albino born. I am white. I am Hitler. I am Jim Crow. I am the Ku Klux Klan. I am neo-Nazi. Do you see me? Do you see this skin? I'm ashamed. In peace. That was freaking powerful. Thank you. Yeah, that uh, that was first published um, um, in the Journal of Artistic Creation and Literary Research out of Madrid University, and then I put it in my book. So it makes me think about something that my father did when I was younger. I'm not going to go into the story. Most of you have heard it anyway, but, you know, it just, it makes me think, you know, I am my father's daughter, and I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, yeah. we we are, you know, we are not our father's sins. No. We are not our race's sins. 
but we are. Yeah, I see what you're saying. We feel we feel like the pressure of past. Mhm. Even though we are we carry not we, part of that, we aren't yeah. their sins, but we carry the weight of them. Yes. You know. And that I I just find racism in you know tragic and it shouldn't happen. It's uh, I I just hate it. And I I, I have too. I have two African American sisters, and you know when they it's just different for white people. You know they go into a store, and you know like we go to Albuquerque, which is the biggest city in uh, our state. It's about three hours away from our hometown, and uh, we we walk into a building. And it's like, do they look at me and think I'm going to steal something? No, no, they don't, because I'm white. But they look at them, they follow them, you know, it's just, it's a whole different mindset. And it's sickening. Yeah. You know, so that poem is dedicated to them and everybody else that feels, you know, that, yeah, you know, inferior. You know, it's just like, oh, my gosh, grow up, Well, when we start taking responsibility for our ghosts we can banish our ghosts but it's when we don't when we pretend that they don't exist when we don't mm-hmm. acknowledge the ghosts that's when they become monsters yes yeah so appreciate the poem it was awesome are you going to read two tonight my love yeah i read two. Oh well um i knew that <laughs> <laughs> i could read I them being, more if you want i was, I was but being I mean, greedy yeah. <laughs> we we are having a lot of issues with lines. I've got 202 coming on after you. We still have 407 on, but they're not in the lineup, so if they want to come on, they need to press 1. But if you've got another short one, you, you've been a while, it's been a while since you've been on, please go ahead and read another one. Yeah, okay. I'll read a short one. Hold on one second. Uh, let's see. I don't think I've ever read you this one. The, the, since Halloween just passed not too long ago, I'll just read this little short one. And this is one of my favorites, um, and it's called The Clacker Noose, and it's dedicated to Poe. There stands in the depths of night a reaper at my door to depict a certain shadow light to remind me of what's in store. My fractured soul is steady to embrace what life enclosed. My pillow rests plump and ready to accept what fate has chose. I snarl at the brink of midnight dew in exchange for a rapid chill, yet my mind can only think of you when the Sandman comes to kill. The clock strikes one as I hear the hum of the clacker noose and his clan, for they will not come in the morning sun or when the stars caress the land. They are made of demons and wonder, of of discretion, damnation, and filth. They appear in the sound of thunder, clapping laughter at our guilt. Built with bodies of children they've eaten, of embryotic means. They swallow the treasures that suit them and wear skin as clothing seems. Their shrilling speech will grind the mind like the stones against a pier, and they bleed a certain scented sign indented in the atmosphere. They feed on the weak of heart. Heartache is their meal of choice, and once you scream, they simply start to catalog your voice. The doorframe starts its shaking. 
My candle blows its flame. A hand started simply taking, taking my identity from name. My withered words are so very few as I simply plead to stay. But the clacker news comes straight on through to dismember me from day. Now I have no existence. I'm but a tainted apple tree. Like Adam and Eve, repentance its not a choice for me. I offered a symbolic flag of no disclaiming truce as I fell into the choking hands of my faithful clackerness in Poe. Wow, you could really tell the influence there. The the whole rhythm of that piece was amazing. Thank you. And yeah, that I love Poe, so. Mhm. Yeah, I mean, the Raven, who doesn't love the Raven, you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. That one's dedicated to him. Rest in peace, Poe, you know. Love him so much. <laughs> I I'm right there with you. All right, Levi, do me a favor, my dear, and tell everyone how to find you. Yes, it's Levi Miracle. That's L-E-V-I-M-E-R-I-C-L-E. And I'm on Facebook, so you can just type my name into Facebook. Uh, It's the Poetry and Writings of Levi J. Miracle. I'm on um, the Poets and Writers Database. I'm on... Um, I actually don't currently have my website up, so I don't have that, but I'm on Reverb Nation, I'm on for my music, and I'm on, you know, other sites. And and then um, I'm just different places on the web. You can read my work and stuff, so, yeah. Yeah, I've got a a Reverb Nation page, too, I did years ago. I don't even know how to find it anymore. That's crazy. (laughs) All right, sweetheart. Try to call oh, well, thank often. you so much for having me again, and I'll yeah, I'll try to get on here more often. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I appreciate it, Levi. I know that life life can get a hold of you, you know, by no, the sure scratch of your neck. And, but yeah, you know, so. you're missed when you're not here, hon. Well, thank you, and thank thank you again. You're welcome. We'll talk to you soon. Merry please. Christmas to you, and to you as well. All righty. Bye bye. All right, our next caller, area code 202. 202, you're on the air. Hey, how are you? I'm doing okay. awesome. How are you, sweetheart? Out of Washington, D.C. I, you, you cut out. I didn't hear that. I'm sorry. I said it's uh, King's Cadence out of Washington, D.C. Hey, King, how are you, honey? I'm fine with yourself. I'm doing awesome. What's going on in your world tonight? Um, I'm just living, living and writing, expressing. That's, that's about it. Well, that that is a um, that is a blessing for us that you do that. For sure. Thank you. You're welcome. What do you bring for us tonight, love? Uh, okay. Um, we're doing one or two, so. Uh, Just wondering. Um, we're doing one piece of two, so I know. Um, oh, you can do two. Okay. Well, the first one is called um, Wait for Love. Okay. Heart racing, my fingers close to your skin. We both test the limits of our patience. Slow rolling into the familiar, your fear of being close to here tastes like 
kisses over dark temptations. I over dinner vibes couldn't collect thoughts correctly, having this rambled mind of mine. Our previous collides have thoughts of flirting like blindly working a landmine. But that doesn't mean that I'm beyond trying. With tongue-waving white flags, I follow suit as we meet upon love's battlefield. With skins taken at war from previous previous matches to eat upon. I'll land my water of safety about you. Surrounding your tree of life, fruits bore of newly earned trust and loving. Apologies like sacred entities that we recognize but never bear mentioning. Because from this point on, I must trust you. Your smile bringing joy to me, it's even warmth to me. You're my star. Your head rests against my chest and our mouth connects. Lips ajar, you're moaning like sensory, sensory ownings and I get chills. Smiles at the sounds bearing its own effective ambiance. And that's its own ASMR. Tainted forever's nevermore. This night never ending from tiresome. Cast us back 15 years to smiling us. Like you hang up. No, you hang up. On three, how about we agree to free fall into the most craziest of emotional odysseys? How about we take this one chance for love and peace? Absolutely phenomenal. You have such an amazing, strong voice. It's incredible, hon. Thank you very much. I love the emotion in that piece. So you're going to read two? Yes. Um, number two is called Marionette. Shiny. I was so shiny from the store window. You could see at best how once possibilities revealed a fetch price that slowly gave way to the bumps of life. But they gasped at my making. Never before had so many adored such a flawed object. Perhaps not for the keeping, but the mere chance of having the one person to be able to say they used just enough paint to complete me, making me. Maybe me as I see everything that's leaving before me, final designs I watched in all again, I might not ever leave this box again. Its corners cast ruins from excitement and hurry movements in which I forced to smile with enough effort to finally be selected. Upon the display, I was marked down, my strings tattered from misusage. I am but a freak of spotlights and list of not right. Sick onlookers paying a thin dime of attention to should all over me. Religious oddities eager to make me into their images instead of who he was the ones that holds the strings for everything. My body wanted to be its own so bad that I could just scream. So bad that I could just wait. My fingers flinched without prior assistance. I, I looked to the other hand because I did it. I did it. I'm blemished. I'm alive. If I survive or not, then it's my decision. I'm moving me from this box. 
but only a starting block to remind me of what I want. I'm not a toy, though I am a marionette trying to marry the net. I'm trying to marry the net weight. My feet, big toe, pinky, big toe, look at me go. A little more action, and before you know it, steps are going to happen, and I can say that I did it. I did it. I'm blemished. I'm alive. And if I survive or not, it's my decision. I'm moving me from this box, but only a starting block to remind me of what it is that I want. I'm not a toy, though. I'm a marionette trying to marry the net. I'm a marionette. And peace. Absolutely awesome play on words. That was a great piece. Thank you very much. Absolutely loved it, King. All right. So are you going to tell people how they can come show you love? Sorry, one more time. Are you going to tell people how they can come find you, how they can come show you love? Oh, um, sure. You can catch me on Facebook under Randy Sinclair Rogers. Um, um, or... Just search King's Cadence. That's K-I-N-G-S. Um, creatively, the cadence is spelled with a K. Um, and I'm all over the Internet. I'm showing support and love and all those wonderful things. So um, yeah, thank you for your time. And You're very welcome, sweetheart. And will we talk to you next week? Sure will. Perfect. All right. We'll talk to Dan King. Thank you, honey. Thank you. All righty. So, guys, we are still having issues with the lines. I'm going to play a couple tracks so I can contact customer service. See what's going on. See if there's anything I can do to help. The first piece I said I was going to play a little bit earlier. This is Billy Collins. It's a poem called Litany. And... If you listen to this poem, it's it's one of my favorites, absolute favorites of his. And what's really cute is, I mean, the poem's awesome, and he'll explain it himself. But if you go on YouTube and you type in Billy Collins' litany, one of the first videos that will pop up is a little boy, maybe four years old, reciting by heart this entire poem. It is the cutest thing I have ever Scene. So as you're listening to this, think about the fact that there's a little four, you know, a little four-year-old boy out there that was reciting this poem from memory by heart. How cool is that? Absolutely love Billy Collins, and uh, I know you're going to enjoy this piece. Here we go. For it TV, the world is thinking. Here's a poem that um, I like to read, which is kind of another, it just connects with that one because it's uh, also stealing something from another poet. And a lot of this stuff goes on rather covertly that I'm not going to tell you about, but some of it, there are, there are different kinds of uh, thefts, and some of them are daylight, you know, daylight um, crimes, just op- you know, knocking over a jewelry store at noon, but another stuff is like a second story, guys. But this is very open. I, I take the two lines, first two lines of someone else's poem and rewrite it for them, which is, uh, this is this is done out of courtesy uh, to 
when you see a poem that doesn't seem to get, you know, that seems to fail, you can just rewrite it and 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 improve upon it that way. So, so this is a uh, I came across this love poem in a magazine, and uh, it's a series of um, comparisons in which uh, the poet um, relies on a very uh, ancient um, device in 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 Western love poetry. Uh, at least dating back to the Middle Ages, which is to compare the beloved to various things in the world, and therefore, by flattering her, so your eyes are like stars and whatnot, you um, you make headway. And um, the um, so he uh, his poem really is a wheel spinning exercise in these kinds of comparisons. About 40 lines of just the same stuff. You're like you know this, you or this and that. So he begins by saying to the uh, beloved, um, he says, you are the bread and the knife, the crystal goblet and the wine. Litany. You are the bread and the knife, the crystal goblet and the wine. You are the dew on the morning grass and the burning wheel of the sun. You are the white apron of the baker and the marsh birds suddenly in flight. However, you are not the wind in the orchard, the plums on the counter, or the house of cards. And you are certainly not the pine-scented air. There is no way you are the pine-scented air. (laughs) It is possible that you are the fish under the bridge, maybe even the pigeon on the general's head, but you are not even close to being the field of cornflowers at dusk. And a quick look in the mirror will show that you are neither the boots in the corner nor the boat asleep in its boathouse. It might interest you to know, speaking of the plentiful imagery of the world, that I am the sound of rain on the roof. I also happen to be the shooting star, the evening paper blowing down an alley, and the basket of chestnuts on the kitchen table. I am also the moon in the trees and the blind woman's teacup. But don't worry, I am not the bread and the knife. You are still the bread and the knife. You will always be the bread and the knife not to mention the crystal goblet and somehow the wine. So that was Billy Collins with Litany. I absolutely love the humor in his writing. If you don't know him, you can check out a lot of his stuff on, uh, yeah, there's a lot of it on YouTube. Just search on, on him, Google him. And uh, he's got quite a few books out. Just an awesome, awesome poet. Really enjoy his stuff. All right, so we are still having some issues with the lines. As I said, I am talking with the uh, text with right now, so we're going to play some tracks for you, which is, you know, it's never nice not being able to have the lines coming in, but it's nice to be able to play some tracks because we don't get a whole lot of time to play these, usually just one or two per show. So it's kind of nice to showcase some of these. The piece that I'm going to play now is by Joanna Ballard, Joanna Ballard, storyteller. And it is called Oil Rush, and I think she did a fantastic job on producing this piece. Here you go. (laughs) 
you letting food to our only home. Oil Rush. Big boys' toys. Toss and dice, no matter what the price. Higher, faster, rolling, flying, being the man. Oil gushing on. Gas rushing on. What we letting them do to our only home? We ever gonna learn? Oil gushing on. Gas rushing on. Costing lives, 11 for sure. Deep water horizon, what surviving? Nobody knows. Gulf Stream swimming, stringing along. Oil gushes on. Gas rushes on. Don't you know oil and water just don't mix? What we letting them do to our only home? Oil gushes on. Gas rushes on. Killing the keys, chemicals dousing, sinking down. Nobody knows. Future mutant foods sliming, sliding towards Mother Africa shores, British Isles, while oil gushes on. Gas rushes on. They ever gonna figure out how to turn off the tap? Oil gushes on. Gas rushes on. What we letting them do to our only home? Big boys running scared, playing blame games, sweeping unholy mess, passing on the shame. Nobody knows time's end, where things will stand. And oil gushes on, gas rushes on, churning seas, tropical storms, hurricanes ahead. Oil gushes on, gas rushes on. What we let them do to our only home? Oil gushes on, gas rushes on. Oil rush, big boys, toys, tops and dies, no matter what the price. Higher, faster, rolling, flying, being the man. Oil gushing on, gas rushing on. What we let them do to our only home? We ever gonna learn? Oil gushing on, gas rushing on. Costing lives, 11 for sure, deep water horizon, what survives Nobody knows. Gulf Stream swimming, stringing along. Oil gushing on, gas rushing on. Don't you know oil and water just don't mix? What we let them do to our only home? Oil gushing on, gas rushing on. Killing the keys, chemicals bouncing, sinking down. Nobody knows. Future mutant food, slamming, sliding towards Mother African shores, British Isles. While oil gushing on, gas rushing on. They ever gonna figure out how to turn off the tap? Oil gushes on, gas rushes on. What we let them do to our only home? Big boys running scared, playing blame games, sweeping unholy men, passing on the shame. Nobody knows time's end, where things will stand. And oil gushes on, gas rushes on. Churning seas, tropical storms, hurricanes ahead. Oil gushes on. Gas rushes on. What we'd let them do to our only home? Oil gushes on. Gas rushes on. Oil rush. Big boys' toys. Toss and dice, no matter what the price. Higher, faster, rolling, flying, being the man. Oil gushing on. Gas rushing on. What we let them do to our only home? We ever gonna learn?
of momentary yet infinite yearning. Your aura dingles delicately from my wrist. Like glistening jewels of love reflecting the rhythm of my heart. Precious, precious as the gifts bestowed upon my body and on that wintry night when our Intertwined and took flight And I Made
beginning be the alpha. As it is written, it, it be the first chapter. They call it life. Beautiful as it is in, in the beginning, never thinking about an ending, just thinking about building, creating that solid foundation to stand on, trusting, hoping that you don't stand alone, just, just hoping, nose wide open, walking on faith, just trying to keep pace, trying not to lose the race of, of everyday, everyday life. Sitting in a little coffee shop just sipping, writing. To the naked eye doing nothing exciting, man. She was just sipping, writing. But it was something about her. Something that made me wonder as she sat there alone over yonder just sipping, writing. What was she writing? Was it poetry? She looked up, man, and, and she finally noticed me and, and she smiled. So beautiful it was, like like looking at the river now, because because so beautiful she was. So so I smiled. She went back to writing, doing nothing exciting, man. It's, and and I just stood there and admired and wanted to walk on over and introduce myself. But because of my shyness, I decided to retire to a chair two tables down, quiet without a hint of a sound. I just sat there sipping, gazing. Admiring her from a distance because her beauty and her innocence were so amazing. Her her smile was so intoxicating. Her her eyes were so engaging. The, the ten second glance made my heart start racing. As if I was high on drugs, straight freebase. I just sat there and daydreamed of, of me and her taking flights to far off places, turning off our cell phones while while we took long vacations in in hard to reach nations. Made me wonder. Was this lady? Kept me sipping, gazing, driving me half crazy with anticipation. Nervous I am. She got me caught up in her aura like, like, like this. <laughs> Yo, who is this lady? Latte sipping, coffee shop chilling. <laughs> I'm yet to know her name, but somehow I seem to be catching feelings. I wonder, I ponder. Does she come here often? Or will she be interested in me and her doing some get-to-know-you talking? And hope that maybe we can become good friends and do some park walking. <laughs> Hold up. I find that I'm jealous of the way that she holds that pen. I kind of wish that it was me that she was holding. I kind of wish that I was that napkin that she was folding, touching. It's like behind our coffee cups, man, we're playing a sexy game of seduction, hiding, peeking. She's got my attention, no diversions, no interruptions, just just gazing, lusting, hiding, seeking. Every time she sits on her cup, it, it hides that devilish grin like she wants to sing, like she's flirting, inviting me to come on over, come on in. I wish it was me that she was sipping. Should I say I wish it was me? She was kissing. See, this be beautiful beginning. The beginning be the alpha. As it is written, it be the first chapter. They call it life. Beautiful as it is in the beginning. Never thinking about an ending. Just, just thinking about building. Creating that solid foundation to stand on. Trusting that you don't stand alone. Just, just hoping. 
Nose wide open, walking on faith. Just trying to keep pace, trying not to lose the race of everyday life. life. I see you. Do you see me? Kissing on a white sandy beach, making love surrounded by palm trees. I worship you because you made me believe that that God, that God said that you and I, are you and I were meant to be, you are so heavenly. I can't help but believe that, that God sent you to me because you put me at peace and, and to him I am forever grateful. I know sometimes, baby, that I can be a handful and for that, I apologize. Melt me with those maple brown eyes. But you handle me like, like the way trees slow in an autumn breeze, so gentle, so smooth. I, I can't help but be in love with you because you make it so easy. Sleep with me, dream with me, to a far off place where, where no one can find us, where it's just us, caught up in the rush of our lust as we make love from dawn to dust. As I look down and see you beneath me, looking up at me, smiling, sometimes staring me down, making love to me with your eyes as you hold on tight for the ride. I I love you, I love, I love the feel of your thigh. Where your flesh feels against my flesh, the way your chest feels against my chest, the way we pause, we take deep breaths, deep, deep, deep breaths. Just the thought of knowing that you are mine makes me lose all track of time. So we end up making love for hours just, just because there's nothing else to do. It's just you on top of me and me on top of you. With the sweetest smell of romance in the room, I, I take a whiff to consume the perfume because I want to smell of you with, with me all day. Just one whiff, just one sniff takes my breath away. Got me finding, got me finding, got me fiending, got me fiending, got me fiending to see you on the next day. The exact same way. Me looking down at you and you staring up at me. Can't think of a better position for us to be, so just love me. And if you feel it in your heart, girl, it'll just marry me. With the thought of knowing that this is what God always wanted us to be. You see, it's beautiful in the beginning. The beginning is the alpha. The beginning be the alpha as it is written. It, it be the first chapter they call life. Beautiful as it is in the beginning. And we're thinking about an ending just... Just thinking about building, creating that solid foundation to stand on, trusting, hoping that you don't stand alone, man, just just hoping, nose wide open, walking on faith, just trying to keep pace, trying not to lose the race of everyday life, 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 life. You see this? This be my Monday morning blue. I find myself caught up in the rapture, just longing, longing for her, missing her, her heavenly touch, oh, so very much, like I didn't just see her on Sunday, yet I find myself daydreaming about her, I find myself daydreaming about her all day, all day on Monday, daydreaming about all the love making we did over the weekend to no end, it just got me longing, daydreaming about her once again as I long for her kiss, I look at my t-shirt that she had online across my bed and I can't help but reminisce, I pick it up and pull it close to me. Close my eyes, take a deep breath, and I can smell her scent. Reminding me once again of the time that we spent just, just love making. The smell is something out of a, a bath and body works, and the sweet smelling aroma is enough to drop me to my knees as I 
shake my head like, like I'm about to repent. It's just the smell of moonlight path reminding me of our sexy, sexy hour-long bubble bath. Or was it the smell of a midnight pomegranate? You see, it's been less than 24 hours, y'all, since she's been gone. And, and already, man, already I can't stand it. I'm just lonely. Longing for her. I'm fine. I'm fiending. I'm fine. I'm fiending for her love like an addict addicted to a drug. She, she got, she got me on that crack, y'all. Got to have it like that Spike Lee joint. Y'all, I knew. You see, I, I need it, y'all. I, I need it in the worst way. Like a fiend that, that can't stay clean. Look, look at me, y'all. She, she got me shaking. She got me shaking just thinking about the crazy love making. I'm going through withdrawal from the lack of it all. From the lack of her kiss. From the lack of her touch. From the lack of her love that I miss oh so much. And she just left this homeboy alone. Like, like yesterday. You see, this be my Monday morning blues. I'm gonna be this way until the weekend rolls back around. Just fine. Just fiending. Just fiending, y'all. I'm gonna be this way until her, until I hear the sound of her walking through my door. I'm gonna be this way until Friday. Just fine. Just, just fiending. I do this dance all over again. We gon' do this romance again. All freaking weekend. You see, it's beautiful in the beginning. The beginning be the alpha as it is written. It, it be the first chapter they call life. Beautiful as it is in the beginning. Never thinking about an ending. Just thinking about building. Creating that solid foundation to stand on. Trusting. Hoping that you stand alone. Just hoping. Nose wide open. Walking on faith. Just Trying to keep the pace, trying not to lose the race of everyday life. Yeah. <laughs> See Proverbs 18:22 states that he that finds a wife uh, finds a good thing and obtains favor, obtains favor in the Lord. And I guess that means that that I have found favor, much favor, much favor, y'all, because I have surely found me a good thing. I stand here today and I, I say to you that I, that I, Eddie L. Oliver, oh man, I have found a wife. Someone I can trust, someone I can love, someone that loves and believes in me just as I love and believe in her. Someone that I vow to cherish, someone that I, I vow to protect with my very last breath until death, until death, until death, until death, y'all, until death do us apart. You see, she, uh, she and only she with, with all her beauty. Her brains and her amazing smile, man. She, ah, oh, yes, yeah, she. She was the one who was good enough to capture my heart when I wasn't even looking for love. When I wasn't even looking for for my heart to be captured. When I when I didn't even know y'all that that love existed. When I didn't even know that love was looking for me, man. She she captured my heart, and I say to you that somehow, some way, somewhere, y'all, are <laughs> we found each other. Through the mist and the fog, through, through the tall buildings and towering trees, y'all, somehow, uh, some way, man, we, we, we found each other. Like two ships lost in the night. Like, like two people lost in the wilderness. Like, like two people stranded at sea, you see. We, oh <laughs> uh, man, we found each other. Like in John 9, 25, man, all I know is, once I was blind, <laughs> but now I see. Now I can see what love truly is. 
Now I can see what, what love must, must look like And it's a beautiful thing, y'all Cause now my eyes are wide open Now I know Now I know that, that he who finds a wife Surely, surely, surely finds a good thing I'm here to say, y'all That I have surely found me a good thing <laughs> You see, it's, it's beautiful in the beginning Beginning be the alpha as it is written, it be the first chapter they call life. Beauty as it is in the beginning. Never thinking about it ending, just thinking about building, creating that solid foundation to stand on. Trusting, hoping that you don't stand alone, just hoping, nose wide open, walking on faith, just trying to keep pace, trying not to lose the race of every day, of every day, of everyday life. Yeah. Oliver with Beautiful Beginnings. Let's go ahead and grab Noreen. She was able to make it on. Noreen, are you with us? Um, yes. Um, hello, Nyla. Hi, honey. How are I'm, you? I'm doing okay. It's good to uh, hear from you. Okay. And it's good to hear from you all, too. Uh, okay. And, and tonight, I want to read. I haven't read this. Um, I don't know if I have read this one yet or not. Um, from Gary, and he wrote this one called Trapped. Okay. okay. My car was at a streetlight the other day when the green one turned to yellow. It needed to turn left. Okay, now, my car can go. Yes. Whoops. Hold it. Here comes a fire truck, 50 miles per hour, heading into the intersection. Wow. Now here comes an ambulance, 50 miles per hour. My car had better wait. Wow, now here comes a police car, 70 miles per hour, closing to the gap in the race. My car had better wait. Wow, now here comes some kid, 
90 miles per hour in his hot rod Lincoln. He looked at his friend and said, We can catch him. I can beat that light. Yeah, now we can hurry and go. A few days later, I got a letter from the DMV, a ticket for running a red light at First in Central. Please remit $250 or show up in court October 5th, 2012, 8 a.m. I said, Honey, what were you doing in town on this day? You know you can't drive without a licensed driver. Honey, she said, I was getting a present for your birthday. I traded a shotgun and a pair of roller skates I bought for you to Janet while sitting at a light on First and Central. She gave me that TV you are watching right now. Hey, look, there on your news. Isn't that your car running the red light? Isn't that poetry in motion? That's my poetry, and I'm sticking to it. Philadelphia lawyer. The end. <laughs> <laughs> that is fun. Oh, my gosh, that's fun. I, yes, I love it. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right, so what other ones are you going to read, Noreen? Okay, I'm going to read. Um, this. Um, we had um, a date we met. An anniversary when when anniversary on the twenty first of November, and I wrote a sonnet twenty two, and this is what I wrote. This is a very special sonnet for you on our twentieth second, the day we met anniversary. I wish for more years together in flesh and bones. I plead to God to get your angel to bring you to me for this day, just to see your smile. You and your flesh. Oh, if only you knew how happy I'm at this moment. Meanwhile, I'll be waiting for you here at our home. For I truly believe in miracles. What can I say? We just have love syndrome. We aren't your average, normal, typical couple. Now bring out candles, drinks, pot roast, and music, and us. Now let's give a toast. The end. <laughs> now let's give a toast. <laughs> that was awesome. Okay, that was thank beautiful. you. Thank you. Because we would uh, we would be been together 22 years this past November 21st. That is amazing. Yes. That's beautiful. Okay, thank you. So we are having issues with the line. Do you want to read a second one for both of you? Okay. 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 Um, okay. When he um Gary wrote, "Oh, the cat had a tail." <laughs> oh, I love this Sorry. one. All right, give me a minute. All right, go ahead. <laughs> okay, oh, I love this one. Oh, the cat had a tail. Oh, the cat had a tail that looked like a rat. He shakes his tail 
till he died like that. Oh, it's better to forget about the rat race. Just live your life. Don't die like that. Go cut it off. Stop. Go somewhere. It's a big world out there. There's a place for you somewhere from a stubby-tailed cat. Ever see one? Love y'all. I'm happy now. I'm glad it's done. The end. (laughs) (laughs) That is funny. I love it. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Okay, I got one, um, Poets for Change. Okay. Here we here we are. Here comes the poets. Poets make a difference. Poets tell the truth. Truth or a lie. Truth can hurt sometimes. Sometimes we be still. Sometimes we need to listen. Listen to what they say. Listen up now. Now and forever. Now let's not forget. Forget not the poets. Forget not what you hear. Hear us out. Hear the poets talk. Talk about change. Talk about life. Life or death. Life is what you make of it. It is about making a difference. It happens all over the world. World is waiting for answers. World is waiting for you. You are the one. You can make it happen. Happen to be now. Happen to be here. Here to be doer. Here to be for all. All want change. All we want is peace. Peace for you and I. Peace for the world. World is ready for us. World, here we come. Come and make a difference. Come and listen to poets. Poets express themselves. Poets want the truth. Truth must be told. Truth or dare. Dare is not. Dare not lie. Lie not to us. Lie no. Yes to change. Change the world and listen. Change not the truth. Truth, listen. The end. (laughs) (laughs) That's a blitz. Yeah, you have so much fun with those. Yes, I love them. I love to write sonnets and blitzes. They're my two favorite, and haikus, too. Good job on that, sweetheart. Okay, okay, thank you. All right, so tell us what's going on with your the books you guys have out and all that good stuff. Okay, um, we have um three books three books out, um, two hearts in one, the Hour of truth, and reflections of our inner beings. You can find that on Amazon, and and um, I'm still working on them two books. I'm not through yet, but it's it. I got got sidetracked this uh, for a while there. I'm going to get back into it again. I was hoping it would be done by Christmas. I don't know now, but I'm trying. And then um, you can, um, okay, and then you can find us on, um, on the, I have the, the Poetry Club, and anyone can join. And I have Facebook Live every Saturday evening. Now since it's getting dark earlier, I'm having it at 4.30 now. It's a lot easier on me to read. Oh, cool. Good. Yes. I see that you've yes. been posting that stuff on my page, and I appreciate you doing that yes. for everybody. So. Okay. You, you're welcome. Thank you. Okay. And thank you for letting me do it, posting on your page. <laughs> okay. Of okay. course. Okay. Love okay. you dearly. Love both okay. of you guys okay. so much. Okay. And we we love you too. Okay. And then oh, then you can find um Gary on um Facebook dot com, um Reverbnation dot com. 
um, PortreePoem.com, and and um, he's also Googleable and Googleable, and then um, <laughs> and then you can find um, me on um, Port, I mean Facebook.com, ReverbNation.com, and PortreePoem.com, and oh, you can find us on Code Dash Spy.com as Gary and Noreen. And and I might have commissions later, but right now I should got a store right there on Coke Dash Spy too. Okay. And and I'm also Google Bo and Google Bo. <laughs> okay. Yes, ma'am, you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and oh I didn't make it on that Nurican Post Cafe there in New York last Monday. I was on the waiting list. So I'll try again this Sunday. You have to do it at 8 o'clock to register. And you have to be the first 25 to to guarantee a, a, to guarantee a slot on there. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And I didn't make it. I was I was on the waiting list. But I, they only took two out of the waiting list. Mm-hmm. So it must be hard to get on there, I would imagine. Yeah, I'm betting. Yep. Well, let me know when it happens. Okay, I will. Okay. All right, hon. Okay. You did a fantastic job tonight. Appreciate you so much. Thank you for being the sponsors, one of the sponsors of our show, and just absolutely love you dearly, hon. Okay, you're welcome, and we love you dearly too. And um, and we want to thank um, thank all the sponsors for sponsoring the shows. So we have a, a big post has a venue, and thank you, Nyla, and thank you, Christopher, and thank you, um. Oh, yes, and then um, um, Michael, Qu- Michael Quigg, and um, for for sponsoring the um, the um, I mean for hosting this show. So we um have a, a po a, um us poets we have a venue where we can read our poetry. So thank you, <laughs> and thank you for having Gary and I. Oh, absolutely, 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 our pleasure. You know this. Yes, yes. Okay. All right, sweetie. We will talk with you soon. Yes, yes. We'll talk. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right, sweetheart. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye, bye, hun. Okay. Okay. I'll talk. I don't say goodbye. I'll talk to you later. Okay. I'll talk to you later. Okay. I'll talk to you later. Okay. We can do this all night, right? <laughs> yes. All right. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. <laughs> Oh, that's just way too funny. <laughs> talk, I'll talk to you later. No, I'll talk to you later. No, I'm going to talk to you later. Okay. Let's go ahead and grab 807, see if we can get them on. 807, are you with me? I don't know. Am I with you? Are you with me? Are you, are with, you with me? Hey, Robbie. Hello. I did get on. I. It's funny. A lot of, uh, like I was saying in chat, a lot of times, uh, like you say, you're ha- you have trouble with the lines, but I'd say nine times out of ten, when you say that, I'm able to get on, and I'm starting to wonder <laughs> if it's because I have a Canadian number, and maybe they're saying special about hoser numbers. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because yours, yours would come in on an international line, so mm, you okay. wouldn't be part. I'm of international. The, you're not part I'm of an the same. Poet. Yeah, you're not <laughs> the same. You weren't. You're not on the same grid. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Coming in. Well, I think we could say that on many levels, Nylate. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that's I think that's true. 
I love it. Yeah. Okay. So um, uh, I have two here, as you're having trouble with the lines. They're, they're both short. I could maybe pull out a third one if if uh, that's what's called for or whatever. Uh, I'm going to have to adjust things on my new computer here because, gosh, the, the font here is, like, tiny. <laughs> um, but uh, anyways, the first one is called Aphrodite's Flower. Uh, okay. A myrtle blossom comes to full bloom. Blossom of Aphrodite, the goddess that makes mortal men swoon. This sensual goddess entwines herself in mortal affairs, tangled in their affairs like a vine. She intoxicates their senses like the finest of love's wines. The wind carries their seed to her, the seed of their amorous thoughts. She takes it in with revelry, the lust and love that men lay upon her, as the wine of Aphrodite climbs upon their world in the vine of, the might, of mightiest love. I swoon before Aphrodite myself, as the fool did once in amorous verse. That fool by the roadside that fell before her statuesque form, his mind, his mind growing lustful, his body growing warm. Take this world, O mighty Aphrodite, for the force of love conquers all. As the men lay, of war lay down their swords to war upon the privilege of knowing your godly form. And there's a few uh, references there. There's Mighty Aphrodite is in reference to a friend. Um, and, and then the, as the fool did once in Amorous first, that's uh, the fool by the roadside that fell before her statuesque form. That's referring to, to uh, Charles, no, uh, Clark Ashton Smith. Or is it, oh, no, no, Charles Baudelaire. Yes, Charles Baudelaire, the poet who had, uh, who had a poem that uh, referred to that. So, and I think there are maybe one or two other references, obscure references that I tucked in there. Uh, so, this is Firefly you by tuck Day. in something hmm? obscure. What? What? Say what? <laughs> Say what? <laughs> uh, so, this is a, a shorter one. Firefly by Day. O wondrous creature of the night, what curious beauty I beheld in daylight's light as you stood before my sight. I knew not at that moment that you were the beauteous creature that lights up the darkest hours. I saw a different beauty in you, with your intriguing markings, curious appendages, and intriguing and mysterious form. I am thankful for having seen you, for expanding my vision of nature's various wonders, and even more so, have you gifted me, for I saw a juvenile fascination of you as I explored the forest by midday's light. And uh, I think this is something that you'd like. This is in reference to a photographic experience, actually, that I had. I, I had photographed a very odd but cool, I thought cool-looking. Some people think they look weird, but it's a, it was a cool-looking beetle. It had this, like, comedic Egyptian-looking notch on it. And I later found out that it was a, uh, a firefly. But you, just, you never see them at day, usually, right? They are around mm-hmm. sometimes, but it was around in the daytime. And I think it was a juvenile one, maybe. But uh, um, I was like, oh, wow, that's a firefly. Ever cool. And uh, I have a, a picture of two fireflies end-to-end. I guess they're mating, and they're, like, on my uh, window, uh, on, like, a fine mesh window screen. I was like, Wait, those two guys, I think those two guys are knocking boots. Oh, this is so, this is so weird. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, 
those are two poems of uh, mine, two little quick ditties for you before the show ends. I just uh, rushed, I rushed in from work and I rushed into your show. So there you go. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. I love it when you can make it here. <laughs> I was, I'm laughing at the, like with the chat, you see something like, and you don't, you can't really read the tone. Cause like I, I meant, I, I was talking in, in, uh, in chat, and it says, oh, really? And I'm thinking, did that say, oh, really? Or, oh, uh, really? <laughs> it was, oh, really? <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> really? So that's, that's, really not, that's neither good nor bad, just inter- uh, just quizzical, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel secure having this, uh, beca- this new uh, computer because... A computer is an essential piece of equipment now. It's, uh, it's, um, you know, you do your banking and everything. And, uh, you know, I wasn't 100% sure on my laptop, which I've segmented into my music studio now. But, uh, you know, you do not want to that to go down. And then you have trouble getting a new computer because all the stores are either closed or they're taking curbside delivery or something like that, you know, so... <coughs> yep. And I actually have a record. I have a record player now. Well, I had some. I had one before, but it busted. But I've got I went that to the store the other day, Robbie, and they have they had record albums, like actual <laughs> vinyl albums, on the shelves. For yeah, sale. they're they're coming they're coming back again now. And the thing is, if you go to antique stores or like I went to Comics Plus uh, a while back, and I got two crates of. DJ friendly albums like albums that a DJ would play in a club or could play in a club and I got yeah two crates of those for for a bit of money but uh so I've got all those all those that I can play now and I've got uh all of all of my dad's old records actually so I've got uh, quite a treasure trove of, of records to play and that's the thing I really wanted to have the ability to play those because you know uh, we're Unfortunately, getting rising numbers here too because uh, it doesn't take much. As someone came in from uh, another part of the province, no, no, from another province, I should say, and it it spread in a sports event, and then it just went from there, eh? So sucks ass. (laughs) I won't I won't mince words. It sucks ass, but (laughs) it happens. You know, it's funny. I I've worked in radio since I was eighteen, and Mm -hmm. One of the stations I worked for was Q98 in Cheyenne, Wyoming, and we had KFBQ, which was our sister's AM station. And they were cleaning out the the, the station, cleaning out the studio, mm-hmm. getting out all the making room for new stuff. And I go to leave one day, and JD the program manager was throwing all these boxes out to the dumpster, and it's like, what in the hell are in those? They, oh, yeah. And I said, you're not throwing those away. You are putting them in my car right now, and they're going home with me. But I had exactly. every single 45, every promo, demo, every 45 ever played on that either of the radio stations, both the radio stations from the 1950s up through the 80s to when we converted to uh, CDs instead of yeah. of records. Mm-hmm. Every single Every single record – both country, once the AM was country, the FM was had always been top 40. So, And then I had somebody steal them from me. 
they broke in my storage unit when I moved and and stole oh, them. I stole them. I mean, can I you can imagine feel that. I the feel records agonized. in there? I feel agonized that it didn't even happen to me. You know, I I just totally I can totally feel that. And you know, you got to slow people down. Like uh, I hate to say it, but my brother, he was going way too fast when we were clearing out my dad's stuff. And I saved a lot of negatives from my dad and family photos. And uh, unfortunately, with the film, I couldn't tell which film was already uh, shot and which wasn't. I didn't know at the time. So there's some that probably was already shot that I threw out. But I, again, you know, I, I, I didn't know. I should have Googled <laughs> that. Uh, uh, but. Um, you know, especially when you're doing something like that, you just want it to be over with, right? Because there's such an emotional yeah. attachment to it. You're, I just, I just wanted that whole process over, you know. But at the same time, like I, ha- I was when I saw that my brother was going too fast, I kept an eye out, and I was like, "Don't throw those out." And sure enough, <laughs> I looked through, and there were old pictures, and oh, but you know, it's funny. The first slide I had that I that I scanned because I kept my dad's scanner, thank God. Uh, <clears throat> is a picture of someone with a model airplane and his hand sticking out covering his face. <laughs> this is like this is my first foray into my family history. <laughs> That's so funny. But you know right, I, I'm just thankful. Yeah. Sorry. Tell people how to find it. No, you're okay. Yeah. Uh I can be found at uh Robbie's multimedia poetry and so if you look under that you'll find me under uh Facebook and I have some links there, and so links to things like my Instagram, my SoundCloud, and and all that because I I do so much more than poetry now. I'm I'm a grown I'm a grown oh I'm a grown guy. I was gonna say something else. But I don't want to cuss more. <laughs> <laughs> I've already cussed once. That's okay. You're allowed. All right. <laughs> I'm a grown-ass man. Thank you, Robbie, my dear. (laughs) And we will talk to you next week? Uh, Maybe, maybe not. I I can't remember if my work interferes. Uh, Probably, actually, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you for being able to call in tonight. It was awesome. You bet. Sorry to be such a chatterbox, but I'm kind of hyper after, you know, running in from work. (laughs) (laughs) You're fine, you're fine, you're fine. We'll talk to you soon, baby. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. So I am having an issue being able to... We've got 12 minutes left. I'm having an issue being able to unmute things right now. Um, Give me two seconds. I've got two callers on hold. We have area code um, 419, and I see 502. We need to bring both of you on. But give me just half a second here. I'm going to play a really fast track. This one's only a minute and 40 seconds. While I try to get this fixed so I can unmute the lines. All right, this is Andrew Scott, and it is Snake with a Flower, and we will be right back. I invite you to visit my mountain, to drink from my fountain, to feel what gives me power, to meet the actual snake with the flower. I've heard stories of my demise, folk tales given by the unwise, 
storytellers with no ear, dishing out tales to cover their own fear. Tales of great evil, a place around me built by the devil, escapades covered in sin, delivered with a lust grin. I have heard how I have led out into temptation. The path of right and wrong always leads to confusion. Storytellers say I always will lead you down the wrong path. The piper is marching you to the deviant bath. Folklore states that all souls are in my treasury, amassed by traits of debauchery. Living in heaven, lined in sin, the tales and where they begin. Storytellers' muse must all be true. Tales of terror that must be through and through. Fires of hell surround my throne, a kingdom built on my own. So I do invite you to visit my mountain, sharing the gift of the ever-giving fountain, where no judgment gives the power to the snake, the snake with Invite you to visit my mountain, to drink from my fountain, invite you to heal my mountain power, drink from my fountain, to heal my mountain power, to meet the actual snake, invite you to visit my mountain, to drink from my fountain, actual snake, Melvin Douglas Johnson is our next caller. Melvin, are you with me, hon? Yes. Hey, Nada. How you doing? I'm doing awesome. I'm really glad you were able to make it in. Me too. I'm uh, glad I'm able to unmute you. My goodness. Okay. So what do you have for tonight, sweetie? All right. So I've got I, – I went back into my archives of old poems, and uh, I got one that I haven't done for years. It's called Men Don't Get the Blues. And this, this poem, I used, I used to be in a theater group, and I remember one night after practice, uh, there were about five or six women and, and myself, and they started talking about, you know, the way men treat women and men don't, don't feel the way women feel. They don't have the capacity and ability to feel the way women feel and all that kind of stuff, and they try to get me into the conversation. I'm not stupid. There were five women and me. I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna get in that conversation. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but, but when I left, I wrote this poem. It's called <clears throat> "Men Don't Get the Blues." Men, they don't get the blues. She said. One of us would run around up in her head. Pain and hurt ain't just no female thing. And she never heard Bobby Blueland saying. He said they call it Stormy Monday. Yes. But Tuesday's just as bad. And there's a lot of stormy Mondays that a lot of men have had. Please, 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 James Brown cried. Baby, please don't go. Please don't leave me, baby. Don't you know I love you so? Men, they don't feel the blues, she said. One of us was swimming around up in her head. I wonder if she's ever heard of ZZ Hill. That man could sing the kind of blues that anyone could feel. Down home blues, he said, I want to feel them all night long. Because it's open house in my house and my woman's doing me wrong. If she thinks blues is something that a man could never feel, then she ain't never heard of B.B. King or hurting Pick Lucille. She ain't never seen a man when a woman filled with tease, took all he had to offer, and then knocked him to his knees. Men, they don't get the blues, she said. One of us didn't run around up in her head. Whatever it is, it must be Stone Cold Ella. Because any man who's ever loved a woman, and had that low low blue feeling. End poem. Wow. 
I love that. Absolutely love that. How long ago did you? you? Oh, probably about 15 years ago. You, sir, are awesome. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Do me a favor, sweetie. Tell everybody how they can come show you some love. Uh, you can find me on Facebook under Melvin Douglas Johnson. You can also find me on YouTube under the same name and in all poetry. Very cool. All right. Will we talk to you next week? Yes. Perfect. Yes. All right, honey. Thank uh, you so you. much for being here tonight. Appreciate you more than you know. Thank you. Appreciate you too. All righty. That was Melvin Douglas Johnson, amazing poet, also one of our 2020 broadcasting license sponsors. So thank you, sir. We love you. All right, our next caller um, is we've got uh, 757 Tomiko, I believe. I see you down there, but you're not, you don't have your hand up. Uh, so I'm not sure if you want to come on or not. I'm going to go ahead and bring on area code 502, which will be our last caller for the night, unless Tamiko puts her hand up, unless she presses 1. 502, you are on the air. Hello. Um, it's been a long time. So, hey, sweetie, um, who is this? This is Melissa Yelverton, a.k.a. Sadat. Hey, how are you? It has been a while. Uh, um, I don't... I had this urge, <laughs> and I looked on Facebook, and I was like, "Okay, so let me let me go to her show." Um, that how have you happy. been? You have no idea. I've been awesome. Been awesome. awesome. That's good. That's good. Just um, celebrated our seventh, or our, excuse me, our fourteen-year anniversary oh, on the air. Fourteen years. Isn't that crazy? That's awesome. I gave I, I quit after my my first, my first and a half. Um, doing it on my own. I, I kinda I let it go. Um but oh my gosh, fourteen. That's so awesome. That's awesome. That's that's, that's better than most marriages, I don't know you know? anybody. <laughs> I don't know anyone who has that who who has that. I don't know anyone. So that's awesome. It's crazy. Well, I'm glad you're here. We've missed you. You're an amazing talent, and this is, I'm just really excited to hear you tonight. So please share whatever you would love to share. Okay. This poem um, is called Honey. Uh, it's one of, uh, one of few that I submitted to an anthology um, entitled Letters to Our Sons, which two of Two of the um, poems I submitted was accepted, so I will be published in that um, shortly. So, but uh, this poem is called Honey, Whenever You're Ready. Please. Honey, I am come from hope, not found in rainbows and lilies, but anguish. That oozing, seeping, never-ending well, moaning like your lungs expand for air. I've explored the corridors of my soul, 
seeking order from all the chaos has brought scurrying about frantically hoping to manifest some kind of heaven desperately seeking the Susan in me visions I used to think I was seeing things hallucinating in all that I saw what was didn't have to be and what is (laughs) and John Lennon may have had an idea. Imagine all the people living. But my place felt further from the natural order. A ripple brings to the master plan. So my wisdom in life was a reoccurring dream, standing my ground, weaving and bobbing, hoping to make the the next round and a, and got a couple of hits and to and to get a couple of hits off I'm sorry honey I am come from hope leaving no doubts behind nothing wavering my tears were sown with tender care rooted in earth So I stand taller than I've ever been, smaller than the evergreens, but high enough to feel the feathers from angels' wings upon my skin. And I'm sure we all have been more against self than the wages of sin. Dying while living like still life in a corner, frozen, My back was caught up against walls of passions, ideas, worries, and failures. Honey, hope cried against me being a passenger and breathed life into me. I saw breakthrough. I saw breaks through walls that I needed to break through, and I wasn't even ready. I was just a body proxy, leasing time, witnessing life, life out, life in, while trying to find the king. Those obstacles, trials, and judgments for fouls that I pushed against, countless mistakes, tribulations, and Atrocities Everything I'm not And everything I've seen My crashing and burning Finding hindsight On the windshield While my gears were locked in reverse Facing forward Speeding past Deja vu All part of my scent of grace That I bring to you Honey I've hit walls harder than the fall of Babylon and left my soul on the other side. Mountains seemed to hate me and wouldn't bow, but I kept coming back for her. Because, see, I needed to see if she'd like to ride. I can throw my head back now and laugh at the valleys that tried to consume me. I celebrate every failed attempt to self-destruct. 
Swinging my feet, watching the smoke clear on victories, mountains, and every overcoming champion. I am the greatest of all time in this tailored fit journey. So look in the mirror. Refuse to go down into the grave softly. Everything designed against you to take you out has no weight, baby. So let's love each other in every way possible before it's too late, baby. Your heart beats now, so live now, and don't you wait, baby. We stand against the winds of adversity, perfumed with grace, born again and again and again and every time from hope. And that's that piece. That was intense. I cannot tell you how much I enjoyed that. Oh, my gosh. So you're not allowed to ever, ever, ever stay away this long again. (laughs) Absolutely Uh not acceptable. (laughs) That was incredible, sweetheart. Thank you. You are very welcome. Do me a favor. Tell everyone how to come find you, how they can get to know you and your work, all that good stuff. Um, I am on Facebook as Melissa Yelverton, M-I-L-I-S-S-A-Y-E-L-V-E-R-T-O-N. I am also on Facebook as S-A-Y-D-A-T, that's Say That. I also have a uh, poetry group called Say That Expressions and um uh, uh, something else, but you'll find it. You'll find it. I'm everywhere. I'm I'm all over the place. Um, I'm just I just want to be a part of y'all because everybody has in, inspired me. So, um, as you look for me, I'm looking for you. Perfect. Well, come back as often as you can, please. There's always a place for you here, honey. Definitely. I'm still working on a piece that you gave me. Um, it has been really trying. Uh, I wrote a, I, I came and uh, recited a piece about my mother, um, uh, and then you asked me to go behind that and look for um, a piece to uh, recite about how she made her way. So I'm still working on that. I'm, I'll, I'll come back and uh, I'll refresh your memory and bring it back to you. There's there's not a time frame when it when it is when you do it you do it. All right, I just cool. planted the seed, so you're good. <laughs> All right, Melissa, great job tonight. Really appreciate you calling in. It means a lot, and we will talk to you again soon. Okay. All right. Awesome. Thanks, son. All right. Let's. We have. We have, oh, no, looks like that's everybody. All right, you guys, fantastic show tonight. I want to thank both callers and listeners alike for being here. We're going to close the show with a track. This one is, dun, 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 My Heart is a Pro Hurricane. This is Steve Sabruski. We will see you guys next week. Thank you, everybody. My heart is a professional hurricane. She tells me the job is seven days on, twelve days off. 
He doesn't get paid a lot, but he insists that the work is rewarding. He steals my food, and he sleeps on my floor. He spends all of his pay on food. He had been prowling Monster.com for months when he met you. But then he heard your voice, and he said, Hallelujah, let's get whiskeyed. And he peeked at your ear, and he threw his chair at my sternum. And he felt you walk up the stairs. And the place went dark. And my ribs stopped moving for seven seconds. And then they shook for twelve. And he felt you walk back down, wearing your hair like a heavy crown. And my lungs' echoey hallways got used as a town evacuation center. He's remorseless. He must have had like four years of the sensitivity training. You cannot stop him by predicting him or by looking at the floor. You cannot stop him from drunkenly shouting about your rocky whisper. He's convinced, I guess by shadow play, that you've got these really big eyes. 